0: My name is Pastor Mike Landsman, and this is the podcast for Zionstone United Church of Christ. This podcast is taken from my weekly Sunday morning sermons. I pray that as you listen to them, they will be a blessing to you and strengthen you in your walk with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here's what we have for today. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Thank you, Shelley, for reading this morning. Uh, wonderful inflection, telling us, reading a story like a story. It was wonderful. Thank you. We're going to focus primarily this morning on the text that we heard from Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 15 to 22. The title of my sermon this morning is "A Prophet Like Moses." So when we hear this reading from Deuteronomy, we have to set some contextual boundaries here. Like, what's going on in the text? So here in Deuteronomy, this is Moses's. Uh, it's his extensive uh, restatement of the Torah. The children of Israel, after wandering in the wilderness for a long time, are finally about to re-enter the Promised Land. Moses is about to die, and so he goes through their history uh, up until that point, restating some things that have happened and going through the Torah, going through, uh, going through the law, as he's about to now pass on leadership to Joshua, who will then lead the children of Israel into the promised land and that's something we should remember. Moses transfers his leadership to Joshua and Joshua as we all know is the Hebrew name that gets translated uh, uh, into what we would now call in English Jesus, right? Yeshua. Jesus's name in Hebrew is Yeshua, right? So keep that in your mind. So in verse 15 Moses says to them, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your brothers. It is to him you shall listen, just as you desired of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly, when you said, Let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, or see this great fire anymore, lest I die." So then we ask, sorry, ask ourselves, what is this a reference to? What in the world is Moses talking about right here? God's going to raise up another prophet? What's wrong, Moses? You're going to die. Who, who, what else, who else is coming? What's going on? In Exodus 20, verses 18 to 19, it says this. And this is what the Deuteronomy passage here is, is calling back to, this story here in Exodus 20. Verses 18 to 19. Now when all the people saw the thunder and the flashes of lightning and the sound of the trumpet and the mountains smoking, the people were afraid and trembled and said, it's, it stood afar off and said to Moses, You speak to us and we will listen, but do not let God speak to us, lest we die. So we know this is the part of the story where the people have been called to the mountain of God. They're not called to uh, go up the mountain, but they are called to come to the mountain. Because the presence of the Lord descends visibly upon the mountain. And there's fire, and there is smoke, and there is lightning and trembling. Because that's what happens when the presence of God shows up. It's not just like a ooh, feeling, ooh, I felt this, Ooh, I, ooh, maybe something's here. Like, no, it's visible. You see it. It's it's unmistakable that God is there. And the people are afraid, right? We would be afraid too if we saw something like that. They are called because this is when God makes his covenant, or, or not makes his covenant, but I should say continues the covenant that he made with their forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he's like, and Moses says to the people, right, here's the covenant from God, and the people are like, yes, we will do it, and then right after that, God gives them the Ten Commandments, and then after they get the Ten Commandments, then they're called to the mountain, right, and then they say, they see all of this stuff going on on the mountain, and they're like, Moses, we're scared, you go for us up the mountain, and if you keep reading in Exodus, it says, Moses went up the mountain into the thick darkness. That's an interesting thing, right, we don't, often associates, because the Bible tells us that God is light, but there we sometimes in the scripture when God appears, there's gray clouds, and God appears sometimes in darkness, and Moses goes through that darkness to ascend up the mountain of the Lord, to speak to the Lord at the summit, and there's a lot of actually really cool Christian thought on this. St. Gregory of Nyssa writes about this in the life of Moses. He likens Moses' ascent up the mountain to sort of the Christian life uh, in growing in God. That's not what we're talking about today, but if you're interested in that that's something that you can look into on your own time a lot in these texts right so Moses goes up as their representative right the people see the manifestation it frightens them so Moses goes before them and then he comes back down and we know the story right every time Moses goes and talks to God, his face is glowing and people are always scared but what happens is they say what Moses says to them The Lord your God is going to do some things for you. There's going to come one day a prophet like me from among you. And this is something that you desired. Because them seeing all this led to them saying, Well, who can intercede with God for us, right? Now God will raise up a prophet like Moses, it says, from among them. It's something that they desired. Right? So God's not going to bring in a prophet from outside. This is a work that God's going to do among them with this people. And it was something that they desired. This is fulfilling a desire of their hearts, right? And so like Moses, this new prophet, it says here, will have God's words in his mouth. That he will speak all that's commanded, right? That those who refuse to listen will answer to God for that refusal to listen. And we know, brothers and sisters, from the Scriptures and from the Old Testament and the New Testament, that this is a reference to Jesus, that Jesus is this prophet like Moses. That everything that Moses is talking about here, this will be fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And so when we look at the life of Moses and we look at the life of Jesus, we see a bunch of things that are fun to contrast we see that, you know, Moses is given the law by God, right? So in the scriptures, like we just said, Moses goes up the mountain and God gives him the, the Ten Commandments, right? I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the, hand, the land of Egypt. You will have no other gods before me. Moses goes up. We know the story. He comes back down with the tablets. The people are getting up to no good, right? He breaks the tablets. He has to go back up. Just as Moses goes up the mountain to receive the law, right? When we think back into the Gospels, to the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus also ascends, calls the people to himself, right? So in the Exodus story, the people can't go to where God is. They have to send Moses. But with the advent of Christ, Jesus ascends, and then he sits down and calls the people to him, and then he begins to teach them what we would now call the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, right? Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Jesus is giving them, in a sense, he's giving them a better law. Moses, when we look at his birth, right, a lot of interesting things happening there. Right, he lives in Egypt, right, his people were in slavery, so Moses at his birth we know you know he's put in the basket and the basket is hidden place of the water pharaoh draw daughter draws him out of the water names him moses finds his mom not not knowing that it's his mom and his mom winds up raising him before he goes and he lives in pharaoh's house he's sheltered he's protected right so there's this miraculous aspect of moses being preserved until it's his time right and we look at the birth of christ right jesus is born in a small village sort of in the middle of nowhere and the miraculous circumstances, right? Not just miraculous protection like in the, in the story of Moses, but this is different, the choirs of angels, the wise men, the whole story. Jesus moves to Egypt to be protected until Herod dies before they return from Egypt to Judea, right? When Moses kills the Egyptian, he flees into the desert to escape, and that's where he comes across Jethro. That's where he comes across Jethro's daughter. And that's where he stays for, oh, I can't remember, I think 40 years or something before God's like, you're ready. Now you can go call my people out. And I think there's an interesting picture there of last week, I think it was last week, where we talked about the fullness of time. Do you remember that? It says, in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, born of woman. St. Paul talks about that in Galatians. In the fullness of time, right, Jesus is sent out. And when Jesus comes on the scene after he's baptized, what's the first thing that happens to him after he's baptized by by John the Baptist in in the River Jordan? The first thing he does is, it says in the Gospel of Mark in particular, he was driven by the Spirit into the wilderness. Well, why? Well, that's because that's where the devil is. Jesus goes into the desert, not because he's running from something, but to confront something. He goes to confront Satan. He goes to reverse the curse, as it were. So just as our first parents fall to temptation, as maybe even Moses falls into temptation by trying to do something to free God's people on his own, Jesus goes and he triumphs over temptation in the desert. Moses is gifted by God to work miracles, right? We know the story. We've seen the Prince of Egypt. We've seen the Yul Brynner version. Well, maybe if you're you're old enough, you've seen the Yul Brynner version, right? And uh, Charlton Heston, some of you who are younger, it's like, who's Charlton Heston? Don't worry about it. (laughs) But we know the story, right? (laughs) Moses, you know, God tells him a couple of things. Like, put your hand inside your robe, pull it out, it's leprous, and put your hand back in your robe, and now it's clean again. Oh yeah, the rod that you have that you use while you're walking, throw it to the ground. Oh, it turned into a snake. Okay, pick it up again. Are you sure? Yeah, just pick it up. Moses picks it up, turns back from a snake into a rod, right? And this is the rod that he uses, right, when he parts the Red Sea. This is the rod when he throws it on the ground, turns it turns into a serpent. And the Egyptians, magicians are like, oh, yeah, that's nothing. We can do that too. And they throw their rods down on the ground, and they turn into serpents. And Moses' serpent eats their serpents, and Moses picks it back up and becomes a rod again, right? So this is a symbol, right, of his authority. Jesus doesn't need a staff, Right? Moses is given these gifts by God to work these miracles. But Jesus is God incarnate. This is the source of the miracles. And just as these ten plagues that we saw in Exodus are judgment is against the gods of Egypt. I preached a sermon on that a few years ago. It's really... I think it was good. So you can go back and listen to that on the podcast if you want to. But Jesus comes and he starts, as we heard in the gospel reading this morning, right? Jesus starts casting out the demons, right? He, he comes against Satan in the wilderness. He comes back in the power of the spirit. And he, the first thing he does is you start to cast out demons. And they are like, who is this guy that even the evil spirits obey him? The evil spirits know who they are. They say, well, we just heard a few minutes ago, you are the Holy One of God. And Jesus is like, shut up. And you might think to yourself, why is Jesus telling the demons to shut up when the demons are testifying to who he is? Have you ever thought that? Why does Jesus tell the demons to be quiet if they know who he is? Wouldn't that help him? Well, no, it wouldn't help him because evil spirits, surprise, surprise, are liars. Right? They're liars. That's all they know how to do. So you, have a, you can't trust the testimony of an evil spirit. And Jesus is like, no, my, like who I am, my identity is not something that you're, you can testify to. Or he doesn't want them testifying to it. Because it is literally the goal of the evil spirits in the scriptures to deceive. And Jesus wants no part in that. Which is why he tells them, shut your mouth. And they have to. This is the authority that he has. It's greater than the authority of Moses. You know, Moses commanded by God, he institutes the feast of the Passover, the shedding of the, 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 the blood of the Passover lamb, and marking it on the doorposts, and then the burning, and then the consumption of the lamb, and then getting dressed and getting ready because God is going to deliver them like very, very soon. Right? And, the, and this our sins are forgiven. The scriptures tell us by Christ shed blood on the cross. Like the wounds, the blood that flows from his side. St. Peter, drawing from Isaiah, says, by his stripes you were healed. That there's something cleansing about Christ's blood. There's something that protects us about Christ's blood, just as you know, the blood that Moses told them to mark on the doorpost protects them from, from death. Right? Jesus' blood protects us, covers us, and guides us, uh, keeps us from death and sin. Not just This one occurrence, but it incorporates us all into him. It places us into his body. He's greater than Moses in that way. Right? And as as Moses saves the people from Pharaoh and from the Egyptians, Jesus has come to save his people, all people, from death, from sin, and from our ancient adversary, Satan. So one, a prophet like me from among you will be raised up and you will listen to him just as you desired. Listen to him. And the sad thing is, they're, they're told to expect this new prophet, this greater prophet, and to hear him. And to hear doesn't mean just to listen. Right To hear means to obey. Right, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. Listen to me. It doesn't just mean hear what I have to say. Listen to me means obey what I'm telling you.? Right, right? So one of the wonderful frustrations that, that parents have when dealing with their children is trying to get their kids' attention, and then having their children obey the things that they ask them to do. Right? OK, I, In our house, we have these two chairs that our kids have destroyed, just not because they draw on it, but they're climbing and being kids, right? So we have these two chairs that are right, right next to each other in the playroom where they have all their toys. And then right next to these two chairs, there's a wall and then there's like a little ledge like that runs the length of the wall, right? I don't it's a little ledge. It's not like big, it's sort of like this big. And then above that, you know, hanging from the wall, we have our family pictures. Sometimes what happens is, well, Isaac will like to crawl on this little ledge and jump off of it which is annoying because it loosens the ledge. And sometimes he'll hit the pictures with his hands and cause a frame to fall. So I'll get him and I'll say, son, what are you doing? Did you jump? How many times do I have to tell you, don't climb on the ledge and don't jump off of this ledge? Okay, daddy, listen to me. I don't want, listen to me. It's not just hear what I'm telling you, It's do what I'm telling you to do. Don't jump off the ledge. God is telling them right through Moses all the way back here, somebody greater than Moses is coming. Somebody greater than me will come. And when that person comes, you're gonna know who he is. You need to listen to that person because everything this person tells you is going to come directly from God. It's going to be the words of God. Jesus is the word of God, right? Listen to him, those who do, great. Those who don't will answer to me. And then he says, this is how you know this is a true prophet, what he says will come true. Those, there are other prophets who come, they prophesy things, they say things, those things don't come to pass. We know that they're false. We don't have to listen to them. But this one will come, and he will speak the truth. But when Jesus comes, they don't hear him. Well, they hear him, but they don't hear him. Some do. Some do, but many don't. And I think one of the greatest differences about Jesus and Moses is, is that God says to them that you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid. Scripture reminds us, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. And here's the thing. They need not be afraid of this prophet. They need not be afraid of his message. They need not be afraid of who he is and what he has to say. They are to hear it and they are to do it. And that's the same for us today, brothers and sisters, is that We need not be afraid of him. We need not be afraid of this prophet, who's not just a prophet, but is the prophet. There is no greater prophet than Jesus. There is no prophet that is to come after Jesus. Right? We're not, we're, you know, we we don't, like, that's not part of the Christian faith. There are no other prophets that arise up that, who, who prophesy and say things that's on the level of Jesus, right? But Jesus isn't just a prophet. He's the prophet. He's greater than Moses because Jesus is the very God whom Moses served. Jesus is, like we'd celebrate during Advent and Christmas, the word becoming flesh and dwelling among us. And we need not be afraid of him. And it's something that's an answer, like it's an answer to their desire for someone that could intercede between them and the, them and God. Jesus comes to do exactly that. But not just to intercede on their behalf, but to call them up the mountain that they were once forbidden to go up. And that's the beautiful thing about Jesus in the Christian life, is that we are invited to ascend the mountain. We are invited to go up the mountain, to see God face to face, and to be transformed into his likeness through the image of his Son, our Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Sermon Podcast for Zion Stone Church. I'm Rev. Mike Lantzman, and I'd like to extend to you an invitation, if you're ever in our area, to please worship with us Sunday mornings at 1015. If you'd like to get a hold of me, or would like some information about the church, or just have some questions, feel free to reach out to us on our Facebook page or via email. Thanks for listening and may God bless you.